Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett, and this is the podcast where I talk with fellow multi-creatives about their projects, their process, and lessons they've learned along the way. I'm so excited to share today one of my buddies, Skinner. So Skinner and I have actually been friends since my Sacramento days. We've had a lot of crazy adventures together, which we really don't get into on this podcast, which might be for the best. The reason that I'm so excited to share this is because Skinner is a self-taught artist. He has collaborated with, among others, um, Adult Swim, High on Fire, and Mastodon. He's released books, toys, clothing. He's created murals, videos, art installations. He's a painter. He is a musician. Uh, But one of my favorite things about Skinner is his generosity and his humor. As we discuss everything in this episode, from self-care to understanding the value and positive impact that art has in our everyday lives. So we have a lot of laughs. And actually, this episode really just starts with us mid-conversation. We uh, had already just brought up the topic of gratitude before we even got the mic going. So I just got the mic going and then we blasted on through into the episode. So make sure to check out the show notes because there are a lot of links to his current projects. And um, he mentions Christy, that's his wife. The two of them live here in Oakland. And yeah, we all ended up here in the East Bay after living a time in Sacramento. So enjoy the conversation. You've mentioned gratitude already a couple times. So I'll let you know that before you came over, I was thinking, you know, Skinner and I know each other. We've known each other for a long time. We haven't caught up in a little while, but Mm. I really want to talk about I want to have like a love fest. Like I want to talk about <laughs> cool. awesome things that you're, and whether you use the word gratitude or love or yeah. you're stoked for it or whatever, yeah. but the things that in life that you are really liking. And I was going to just throw out a couple different questions and we could just riff on them. However we sure. want. Part of the reason is there's this thing called a gratitude practice or gratitude inventory is sometimes what I do. And for me, why I do it or when I do it is usually when I'm feeling kind of shitty. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I need to take stock of everything I have. So I'll just let everybody know this morning I woke up at 4 (laughs) a.m. in this panic, (laughs) like a total panic attack. Perfect. And Pokey's snoring, you know, quietly under bed and Brian's, you know, doing his thing. Everybody else is fine. But I'm like in a cold sweat. Yeah. And I started thinking about my house. And part of the reason is because you were coming over. But I I know you're not going to judge me for what my house looks like. No. But still, I wanted to tidy up and make sure there's ice cubes in the freezer in case we wanted to get it, make a drink. (laughs) And I was feeling very overwhelmed because Brian and I are both multi-creative. So we both do a lot of different things, start hobbies or start different craft projects, art projects, go to estate sales. And when we go, uh, anybody that looks at our Instagram, you can tell when we travel, we road trip and we go thrifting. And then we come back and we dump everything, get back into our life. And then our living room is just overflowing with stuff. And I love our stuff. But I also, like, in inside, I am a minimalist. So mm-hmm. I also get great anxiety over the stuff. So I was thinking, what am I going to talk about with Skinner later on? Like, I really just want to think about all the things that are awesome. Yeah. You know, what's fantastic. Because mm-hmm. it's easy for us to always think of the things that aren't working or that are bumming us out. Oh, yeah. If you're self-employed, it's <laughs> you're just like, what the hell is this nightmare? And I, and it's definitely important to talk about that stuff, yeah. too. And we can definitely talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Yeah, that's cool. I It is interesting. I, I know that I know this anxiety about stuff. I think our li- like managing our lives is so crazy that sometimes doing th- things that feel normal. Like I know that from my past life of being you know, not self-employed and having a job and working and all this stuff. Like I would do things like buy things because I just, I had a shitty job that didn't pay that much. And I was like, cool, I'll just buy my little thing and my little cool shirt at 
big mama soul kitchen or right, whatever right. you know and like i think it's interesting because now i'm like i'll go somewhere and i'll be like i need to buy i want to buy these books like all these crazy books and i'm like i will never read these books i will never and so i just have an insane amount of books i have an insane amount of shit so when we we moved recently i was freaking out and i and i had to practice this like detachment to my stuff and so i started like getting rid of all this stuff it feels really liberating because it feels like the more things i don't have going on like the minimalism the more i can just focus it feels like but yeah i feel i feel super grateful and i think it's it's interesting because the stresses i have and the stresses of the self-employed artist or the creative I feel like a lot of it boils down to the stress of money or maintaining that or figuring out a system of keeping that consistent and and feeling stable in some capacity. Because if you're not able to exist or deal with instability, then you're probably not going to be a good self-employed creative person because (laughs) it's really crazy. But the thing is, is that that's a set of skills that actually can help you in a lot of ways in other parts of your life. Because we're really, as a culture and as people, I feel like we're always trying to compartmentalize stuff and keep it stable and keep things how they are. And this is good and this feels safe. And, you know, everything's like double check, you know, check the box twice and everything's cool. But like if you're self-employed, you have to like roll with the punches and deal with a change or pivot and change your change a trajectory and figure this out and do this and make a, adjustments. And I think if you could do that in life, it's really an important skill to maintain. And so when I'm not feeling gratitude Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm feeling stressed out, I'm telling Christy about like two months ago, I was saying, I just feel like nothing's working. I'm trying so, so hard to transition into doing shows and cartoons and animation or like comedy and all this stuff and acting and all these things that I want to do and it's not working. And I just had like a lot of stuff that was pre-production, you know, building the momentum. And so the instability will force you to want to make changes really fast. So, so being patient is a really integral part of the whole thing. Having some kind of grace about the whole thing is so difficult because I'm like, Oh my God, please help me. I'm a baby. I'm crazy. So, but what's so interesting is I guess maintaining gratitude throughout that is an important tool to maintaining patience and stuff because a lot of stuff does happen. It just happens in time. It happens in the time you need it to kind of happen. And it's just the more energy and projecting the vibe of positivity of like, I want to do this thing and it's going to happen. And, you know, and projecting that mixed with action, of course, mm-hmm. will create results faster and will you'll have a better probability. I wrote a ton of uh, treatments and ideas for shows and I, I really have been building um, momentum for myself through this. And I've had a lot of like non-response from people who wanted me to work with them, like like networks and all this different stuff. And I was like really bummed. I was like, oh my God. And I quit my drawing with Skinner show because the company was super lame to deal with. Mm. And I was really bummed and I wanted to, I was like, man, I was really getting into it. I was feeling like a big pull towards getting over my inhibitions for acting and performing and being weird and funny. And I really felt like comedy is, was what I want to do. And so in this time I was like, everything's falling apart. Oh my God. You know? And then, and then I got a call from some people in Atlanta that wanted to do a movie a short film and they had it. There was an actor, they had a professional actor that had to quit. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, man, maybe this guy Skinner will do it. Cause one of the guys working on it saw my show and he's kind of does art and stuff too. So I said, sure. And then I went out there and I did it and it was the most amazing thing ever. It was so fun. It was so encouraging and rewarding and awesome. And then like, I came back and I was like, I know how I want to feel mm. like, I don't need all the money. I don't need a, uh, Oscar nomination. I just know how I want to feel when I'm doing stuff. And so I felt crazy, crazy grateful just for that perchance situation where I was working with people that could understand what my gifts were Mm -hmm. and that were open to it. Because I was coming up with new lines for the characters and ad-libbing and doing all this stuff. And and they were like, this is amazing. We love it. You're 
please contribute your energy, come up with stuff. So I just like really got into it and I was, you know, and I'm really proud of it. That will be out in a couple months or something, a short film. Awesome. And then the other thing I'd like to say is for creatives, don't shy away from, I guess, helping people to like little favors and just helping people, other creatives and stuff. Because two years ago, this guy who was, you know, he's kind of low on the totem pole at a production company that makes everything they make to me is genius. It's, do you know, Tim and Eric, do you like Tim and yeah, Eric? Yeah. So their company, absolutely. Right. So these guys like that were working for absolutely kind of low on the totem pole were like, Hey, we want to do an animation. We're trying to pitch this show and all this stuff. And, and they're like, we need some concept art and characters and stuff. And I said, yeah, dude, I could, I could do that for you. It's no problem. So I just like in a couple days did these drawings. It was not hard at all. It was just weird shit, of course. And then I just sent it to them and they put the pitch together and they tried to make it happen as a show and all this stuff. And it didn't work, but that was just a thing. Like they sent me a bottle of expensive whiskey and like, we were just kind of friends and I'd see him at Comic-Con and stuff. Then recently one of those guys is like higher up there now. And then he's like, Hey man, what are you doing? You know? And I'm like, Hey, uh, I quit my show. I hate it. I don't want to do it. I hate this guy, but I have all these ideas that I've conjured up. And there are ideas that I've sent to people that didn't respond to it. I sent it to them. I had a meeting with them the other day. They're like, these are f- amazing. You're, you're funny. You're smart. This is so good. Like all this stuff. And while I was having the meeting with them, first of all, I couldn't believe it. Cause it's, I am obsessed with Tim Heidecker. I think he's like the greatest genius. I just felt vindicated while I was talking to them and they were like, yeah, this is funny. And I was explaining to them how I thought it would be. And they were like, this is great. That's great. This is cool. Like we'll figure this out. We'll get some meetings going. We're going to make these, we're going to make this stuff. And even if it doesn't happen, I don't even care. I'm just happy. Like, I just feel like, okay, this is, I know how I want to feel when I'm working on a project. That's clear to me. Now I know the kind of people I want to work with. Like that's clear to me too. So I'm just like, and I told him, I was like, if I don't, if we don't do something together, I'm probably not going to do this with anyone else. So I think that like finding your, you know, your tribe of weirdos or like who you align with and stuff is important because if you don't like, you're going to have a hard time trying to convince people that what you're bringing is, is valuable or important. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, and I think it's so, it's a little bit layered in that you might have friends that are encouraging, right? but they still don't get it. No, they don't. And they're like, yeah, you know, mm. cool, but they follow can your stupid follow dreams, your weirdo, or they can do things which is the devil's advocate, or they're right. What if it doesn't what work? What if though? this? But and I you don't die get alone. that. And they're like, "Fuck, <laughs> dude, I can't get excited about this." So if people are riffing with you and yes, anding with you, so they're doing improv type of things yeah. where they're just, and then what? And then right. what? And then what? And just right. letting you express yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of what coaching is, is yeah. going, oh, well, well, then what would you do after that? Well, what about that? And we're so used to people kind of shutting us off yeah. unless they are these magical mystery weirdo yeah. tribes people. Yeah. But when you are with them, like you said, you know, this is how I want to feel. Oh, yeah. And even, I mean, I've cut off people in my life just because, like, I'll think, I love you, but I don't yeah. feel invigorated. Yeah. Not they ha- not that they have to invigorate me every moment, but some people just bring out your best. And yes. you, you yes. are able to develop more of your creative vision because they've opened this door and they're encouraging you. Yeah. And they're going, I get it. I get it. That's great. And so... It's that. You know um, what I say to those people? I say, if somebody's kind of being like, oh, devil's advocate, like, what if it doesn't work, whatever, and just be like, look, at this point, I need to ask you, are you going to be one of the people in my story when I write my memoirs? Or <laughs> 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 I say, like, there were these amazing people who could see that I was what was possible. And then there were others who right. didn't. <laughs> you know, like just ask them, be like, which one are you going to be right now? I'm asking you. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the difference for a lot of people, whether it's where they live and deciding to move Mm -hmm. or just shifting who they spend more time with or who they say follow on social media, like certain people just kind of you get energized by them. And other to go back to your talking about opportunity and gratitude and all that working on projects and going, I don't even care where this goes. Or I threw something together, a piece of art for these people, because I just know that they're people I want to be involved with. I want to help them out and to help people is that you can tell in your own body if that feels right or if you're being used, you know, for sure. And I think that that's another thing that when I first started working for myself and I was reading all these books about like freelancing or going your own way or getting out of the nine to five or be a kick-ass woman business owner or whatever, right? (laughs) There was like really good advice. And then some things that were complicated were like, get paid, get paid, get paid. I'm like, that's great. But there is another part of that where you do do things for people because you feel like it's an opportunity. And that just feel. I think it's just, you just pay attention. And sometimes it won't work out. Or like you said, sometimes you're planting seeds is what I like to say. Like you're planting seeds for opportunities that might happen. Like you said, the guys that came up higher in a, they were able to come back to you at another time. Like, and when I'm in those doldrums or those like, oh, the shit is not working out the way I wanted it to. I'm gripping, right? Like right now I'm like gripping my hand tight, but if I can let loose and go, (sighs) just let it go. Don't be attached to outcome. Things are going to most likely work out. If they're not, they weren't meant to be just kind of just let the opportunities happen. And I don't attach it specifically to something spiritual or something scientific or academic. I'm doing the best I can. And today that means just chilling the fuck out and letting things kind of go the way they're going to go. Yeah. I think doing your best and having peace with that is such a big deal. And I also, I feel like early on and when I quit my job in 2008, in the middle of the economic crash, there was really no way around that. I just told everybody at my at my job that they were they were shitty and that they were they were ruining <laughs> they were ruining the integrity of the actual program, you know. They're like, you can't work here anymore. I was like, good. You know, my being desperate when you're self-employed is really hard because you're doing more than you would normally. You're just working overtime like crazy. Your anxiety is going nuts. You know what I mean? And so just trying to see those changes happen overnight. Well, and, and it's usually out of fear, right? Yeah. And grasping. Oh, and, totally right? grasping. So you're like, ur, ur, But like ur, the thing yeah. is, is that when things are going good or bad or whatever, you have to make peace with if that's your best. This is my best. Like I can't, like you literally can't change anything if you're trying your best, if that's your most, you know? And so you have totally. to just be like, okay, cool. Like, hey, I did it. The other thing is, going easy on yourself because you have to realize that like the structure itself will have you feeling like nobody unless you're doing something or making money. You have to protect yourself psychically from the conditioning. So when you're trying your best and you see your friends succeeding or somebody is doing better or whatever, you know, your immediate thing is the conditioning will be like, shit, they're blowing me out of the water. I can do better. I could do that. And it's like, you have to bring it back. Just bring it all back and just say, no, because my responsibility is to actually take care of myself. My stuff's going to reveal itself in its own way. Everybody's path is different. So you can't even, don't go there at all. And letting go, really letting go and not having the attachments to stuff is super difficult because we're all about sustaining and maintaining things and keeping them how they're supposed to be. And, right. And so the, what, I don't know, there's some quote I read today about like, if you don't let go of the expectation about what you think something is, you're not going to be able to appreciate or recognize the life that's is happening. That's really going on. And right. that's going to reveal itself, you know? And so, I mean, when I quit my job, I thought, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to be in all these magazines and shit and all this stuff. I'm going to have shows and sell out my shows and eccentric millionaires are going to have my paintings and I'm going to do good. I'm going to be in a limousine like David Lee Roth, you know? <laughs> and then uh, and then what happens is you realize like there's no 
green pasture. It's now. It's like here now. Because from the outside, I'm sure everybody's like, man, it looks like you're having so much fun and killing it. It's like, yes, I am. And it's just working all the time and having fun when I can as much as possible and trying to maintain my stress level, but trying to put energy into my aspirations and make sure that those things have integrity and then just spend as much time encouraging others and being sweet to the community. Just that, right? That's so it. that's the thing. It's just this, it's just that, but it's so much stuff. Right. It's not being attached to where things are going to go, but mm. putting energy towards it and doing your best work sure. and then not getting too hard on yourself and then giving to the community and then giving to yourself yeah. and then being sweet to your kitty cats yeah. and your wife yeah. and then taking those vacations yeah. and then getting the house. Cl- I mean, uh-huh. it, it is a, it is a lot. It's a, and it's then don't forget yourself. to, also be open to your muse and strike when the creativity so yeah what are some of the things you do to take care of yourself uh this this is a this is a hard one for me I'm, i'm getting better at it i go to therapy i was going a lot i really like it I go every every two weeks because I'm too busy, <laughs> but I'm feeling I also feel way, way more balanced. But I go to therapy. I go to the YMCA to play basketball or like to jump around and stuff like that in these classes. And um, I drink really pretentious, expensive coffee. I'll just rest. I know that's weird to say, but like when you're self-employed, there's really not much resting, you know, ride my bike with Christy, read comic books. Just read, chill, not like put pressure on myself to be and do shit all the time, but know that when I have responsibilities, I'm way on them. But I don't know. It's it's weird because it, like self-neglect is such a, a go-to mm-hmm. for like the self-employed person, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like I did really start getting into, I hurt my ankle two months ago. So I haven't been working out. So while I haven't been working out, I just been like eating crazy cakes and stuff and pies and all this nutty shit, you know, that I never would. I, I don't really do it. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to do this and just like indulging it and being like, OK, cool, you know, and then also just feels like death is just so close anyways that I'm like pies, cake, give it to me, you know, so I don't know. That's that's one thing, too, that I'll say as I get older, I, I turn 40, I'm like. Anytime anybody says anything like, I want to try to do this, I'm like, you better do it because you're going to be on your deathbed talking about, I wish I would have done that thing, right. man. you know? And so I'm just like, just do it, man. Just don't wait. Get at it, you know? And people are always surprised. Like, oh, you you think so? Because everybody's like, don't do that. Don't do anything, you know? So they're like, just do it. Just, yeah, f- for sure. Start now. Obviously, I've worked a lot on this for myself when you go to coaching school, you're going through therapy, basically, you're kind of facing all your fears and facing all your inner voices and what they're saying. Yeah. (laughs) The infomercial about how much you suck. That's on all day long. (laughs) Yeah. But it's always a work in progress. It's when I work on this myself and I work on it with my clients, it's not always just, oh, we're going to go through this three point system. And then all of a sudden that voice is never going to be around anymore. Right. But you can challenge the voice and figure out where it came from and decide if you want to listen to it anymore. Yeah. And then change what's being said. So like counterpoint it or say something new, like my oldest one that was from childhood was something that said, don't speak up unless you already know. This is insidious, right? Don't speak up unless you already know everything about what you're going to talk about. Oh my God. I know know nothing about what I start talking. I just come out straight crazy. Like, I don't know what I'm saying, but this is how I feel. Yeah. And so to counterbalance that, I had a couple of different phrases. And I, I mean, I did some some work. I did some crying. I did some talking about where I thought that came from and why I believed it and what reiterated that, what told me again and again that that was true. But once I stopped doing that, it was so exciting because yeah, then I was like, oh, you're reading such and such author. I don't know anything about that author. Whereas in the past, I would have thought like, oh, I should already know about this author because they're well known. So I'll just go, oh, nice. 
You know, now I get to right. learn about somebody's experience reading yeah. a book instead of feeling shame or whatever. Yeah. But that's cool though. But yeah, so to get back to your go for it, yeah. just do it anyway. It's easier said like, than done. I know. It's easier said than done. But once you realize that those voices or that fear or whatever it is you think is yeah. keeping you from it, once you start challenging it, you know, you could say maybe like, well, I can't really afford to do that now. Well, what would it take? What would it take? Right. Okay. Well, I guess if I... And maybe you're sacrificing something like yeah. something that you are paying into every month or something. You could decide this other thing's a little more important. You're going to start paying into that. Sure. But you have so much more power than you. Yeah. Not for everybody, but for most people, we grow up with some idea that there's some limit. And right. it's actually there's not a limit. And the then, limit is an imagined limit. It's uh, It's a narrative. And like... Yeah, this is so the therapist guy I go to uh, is like sort of a Buddhist psychiatrist uh, hybrid guy Mm -hmm. or something. And, you know, I really started getting into that uh, observational stuff where you observe the like, I'm my brain is really I'm really tripping out right now. Or like I have a lot of hate going on for myself, like self-hate or like, huh, there's a lot of external judgment I got going on right now. That's obviously a reflection of my own inadequate feelings around this thing or my own fear or like, what does this mean for me or what, you know? Because the the mind is really like a machine with a conveyor belt. It's spitting out all these ideas. That's a cool looking cat. <laughs> you're stupid. This sucks. Uh, you're not that good looking. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, you should try harder. Like, you know, and so all of a sudden it's like, if you don't make it your job to question that stuff, you're going to be a slave to those thoughts because the thoughts are not facts. And the feelings that you get from those are not going to be facts either. How many people do we know that are the most amazing, incredible people ever, but then they're like, I can't do this. I can't do that. And you're just like, that's crazy because I I see you as a being of limitless potential, but Mm -hmm. you for some reason don't. That's interesting. And so, yeah, it's, it's like a practice to stop doing that. And I do think that the narrative, once we disobey the narrative and we're more like just watching it happen or just being like, huh, that's not, none of that's true. And we're easier on ourselves because we would never treat anybody as badly as we treat ourselves. Right. And so I just go, oh yeah, this is a crazy old thought about how like small I am, like inside, like that's weird, you know, because I don't sense that from my friends. I don't know if this is true or like. Right. So you're challenging those thoughts. This is all compassion stuff, right? Yeah. So with compassion, compassion you're being mindful. You're yeah. observing without judgment. Yes. And then and you're then, being kind to yourself. Yeah. Which is a totally a novel thing. If you're a if you're somebody who's recovering from their childhood, you know, you'll probably like agree that like, oh, be self-compassion, like such a weird thing, you know, you never yeah. think that's even a thing to do. And then a lot of people just feel guilty about it right away. I'm supposed to take care of other people or I should be stronger or I should already be evolved enough or mm-hmm. I should, 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 right? Like, yeah, there's like a lot of sub sub articles to the initial infomercial that your mind has created about how much you suck and then mm-hmm. you challenge the first layer and then it goes down into the other layers the other layer and so if you're not good at just being like that's not true nah, no and like just bring it back to the the now which is no i'm just here i'm just here i'm here with my i'm being a good person now this is all true like i'm gonna try my best like i'm not gonna give it any weight or any validation and i'm just gonna keep going and that's a that's a long practice. That's a practice. It's a takes, practice, right? So takes a while. <laughs> yeah. I think if that's definitely one thing I always want to make clear for people who are listening, or maybe they've not worked in that mindfulness realm, or maybe they're still not sure what it is to work with a coach. It's good to kind of interject with what it's like to work with a coach because yeah, for sure, a skilled coach isn't telling you who to be or what to be, but they're helping you be curious and to challenge those things. And Mm -hmm. it is a practice and you need to double down on loving yourself. And it takes a while, 
<laughs> that's when I started it eating takes cakes. A while, <laughs> yeah. And then you, and then when you do do those yeah. things, it's not being so hard on yourself when you go. Well, you know what? Last week was cake week. This week is kale week, or whatever. You know. Well, self self acceptance, even just on its own, uh, with self compassion, with compassion, is like self self acceptance is actually like a total radical act because in order to maintain the apocalyptic beauty pageant that we're all participating in, you're supposed to neglect yourself to participate. Yeah. Because if you accepted yourself, you wouldn't really be tripping on it that much. You wouldn't be trying to impress the world, man. You'd just be like, no, I'm fine. And I'm literally enough. This is enough. Like I'm showing up. I'm a little cutie. I'm doing my best. That's enough. Okay. I'm not going to like, you know, flagellate myself. Yeah. It's like self, um, self denial, you know, self betrayal. It's like, you have to be there. You have to be like, no, I'm here. I'm here now. This is what's happening. This weird person. Yeah. It's really and hard too. That, it's hard too, because and I think this is a good subject to, to talk about too, with somebody else that's creative. And this is where it gets complicated for me sometimes when I'm figuring out how to represent myself in the world what sure. to share, what to show. Yeah. And then to the whole world of feminism and self-acceptance and self-love, that gets yeah. a little complicated. Because like, I remember the other day I was going to make a video and I was talking about with a couple of other women, like, oh, I'm going to make a video. Yeah. I'm going to take a little time, put my makeup on, do my hair. And mm -hmm. and they were like, well, you don't need to do that. you know. And, and like the way the person was saying it, I was thinking they were saying like, you know, you're fine just the way you are. You don't need to put makeup on, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But I like to put makeup on. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I spent all week not putting makeup on, but sometimes I just like to, and I feel a little more confident, a little more yeah. put together, yeah, a little sure. more professional. Yeah. But I don't judge a person who may, and I love sometimes I see somebody put, you know, make a video and they're just like, oh, I just got out of bed and I haven't dyed, my, you know, uh -huh. dyed my hair perfectly sure. in three months or whatever. I like all of those iterations of us. Yeah. But I was feeling judged in that moment by somebody just going, you don't need to put your makeup on. I was like, but I want to, I, this is yeah. a personal choice. And so there's, there's this whole world of like, love yourself, fat, skinny, yeah. whatever, or yeah. however you identify gender wise sure. or whatever. But then there, there can also be this kind of backlash of like, well, you shouldn't care the way you look. <laughs> it's like, but some people like. Well, to, I, yeah, you know, I think it's well. so. I think it's like. Yeah. I think it could be like a level of psychological terrorism for women trying to navigate. Wait, so society says I'm supposed to look this way, and now you, one person, have a, an opinion about like I should stand up for myself to not like now what you know? It's like it's yeah, it's like oh girl, you don't need to wear makeup. It's like. Or it's it, there's all there's there's layers and layers of layers of judgment I don't have to deal with. I actually get like a crazy pass because I was by the grace of Lord Jesus. I was <laughs> I was born I was born in this weird body with this weird brain. But you know, I mean, like I'm I'm hyper aware of that. Like I I just walk outside looking like a little dirt bag, and everybody's like, oh, okay. Like I just like there's yeah. like, whatever. Like yeah. that guy, you know, it's like I don't get judged and stuff. I think. um being indoctrinated into the understanding of feminism and understanding like there's just layers of how people are dealing with stuff. The best thing to do is if somebody wants to wear makeup, just be like, cool, like just reverse any judgment, reverse any, don't say anything. Just mm -hmm. be like, whatever, like, I love you. Just replace, right. replace the, yes. you don't have to wear makeup with like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I love you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to hold the camera? Yeah. I'll fuck it. I'm going to crush this. I'm like Martin Scorsese over here on Instagram. <laughs> so I just think that that's the thing that I feel where I'm like, let's simplify the whole thing to just, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Or like, awesome. All right. That's cool. Like, good. I don't really know if anybody can understand what another person's really going through. So like just reserving the judgment, reserving the like, I'm going to say something, or oh, I think this will make them feel good. It's yes. like, no, just don't, let's not, those are your politics. That's your shit. Let's just be like, oh, cool. And ultimately, 
you're also making about yourself because you're, yeah, you know, so that that makes me think of two things. Everybody, yeah. What is this? An episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? <laughs> oh my god! So one of them is that when you're around somebody, yeah, and somebody's talking about their own experience, that you, without even knowing it, most of the time, are mm. interjecting your personal experience in them. So you're not really listening. Yeah, you're thinking about your things like, well, I just read an article about how being a woman, you don't have to be perfect to be in front of the camera. So I'm going to share with this person that she doesn't need right, to, you know, right. like whatever's going on in you, yeah. you're projecting onto somebody else or you feel like because somebody's sharing an idea with you that that means they want a bunch of opinions from you or that they want you to help fix something. Yeah. And the <laughs> So <laughs> the greatest gift you can give somebody uh-huh. is to listen. Yes. Just listen. Just shut the fuck just up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then if you don't understand something, you say like, could you help me understand that more? I'd like to understand more. And you're yeah. coming from a place, like you said, of just when you're feeling compassionate towards the other person, it means you can just listen Mm-hmm. but not put your judgments on, not put your yeah. fears on, not put, yeah. and then you get the gift. You're giving the gift to them of them going like, I really felt like I was heard and understood today. And you're yeah. giving yourself a killer gift too. Yeah. Which is you're released from having to do any fixing or, yeah. Or giving them an idea. Well, I would say that that in a lot of ways, so much of the way that we communicate with the world is so representational of our relationship with ourself. So that woman in a way, it's like, who knows how that would relate to her, but like we project and then we see our reflections so much in our life, you know, that like, I feel like when we're calm in ourselves and we feel that self-compassion or that self-love or just the acceptance of this is who I am and I'm doing my work and I'm just doing my best. And like, to be honest, this world is batshit crazy, so I'm holding up my end. And then I find that I just say less crazy shit to people because I'm just chilling. I'm like, cool. Oh, is that what you want? All right, cool. It's like borderline a stoner personality where you're just like, oh, okay, cool. All right. Is that what you want to do? Let's have fun. Like, okay, cool. Because we all have our preconceived notions about what we think people want to hear. But the asking the questions is so much more validating to somebody than being like, you know, I just think you look better when you don't do the things you do. <laughs> you know, you're just like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, cool. Is that what you like? Like, oh, all right. You put a little kind of makeup. Yeah. Are you going to make it extra fancy today? Like, you know what I mean? Like, she could have said that. You'd be like, hell yes, I am. Like, cool. I got to get my listening skills up for sure. And I know, I notice that like when I'm feeling calm, and chill. I'm just listening. All right. Okay. Because it's also a practice to fight the urge to want to contribute your opinion. Mm -hmm. And that is also a practice that is neglected in our culture as well, because it's just an opinion fight. It's a war of opinions and a war of judgments and a war of like, this is what I think. This is what I think. You know, if everybody was just doing their own personal work, we would not be as preoccupied with everyone else. This is like, I just, it's like, dude, you're crazy as shit. You have an opinion about everybody. You know what I mean? It's like, you need to get some goddamn therapy. Like get, I'll pay for the first session. All right, let's get this rolling. So I don't know. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a continual, it's a continual thing. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that when I keep my side of the street clean, that I have less of it. I have less worries about the other parts, you know? Yeah, and I think there's a feeling of relaxation when you're not trying to teach somebody else something. But then if people are curious and asking you questions, then let her rip or get a podcast where you can talk your ass off, you know? (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. I I can't fit in all my opinions on my Instagram videos, man, only 60 seconds. That is a gift, when you pop on there and say stuff, how did that all come about? What, sharing my my knowledge? Your knowledge, but you share like 
uplifting it's stuff. Up, it's uplifting to some people. <laughs> the other people are like, this guy is a uh, crazy, stupid crackhead. You know, I, I think like the thing is, is that there's a way of, I guess there's just a way of trying to communicate without being super preachy or something. But I, I like to say things that messages that I feel like have helped me, you know, like saying, hey, nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's pretending, you know, I had this one idea this one one day I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't I'm just feeling through it. And I feel like everybody is just feeling through it. And the more that somebody thinks they know what they're doing, the more fraudulent they are kind of, you know, it's interesting, you Mm -hmm. know, and then I was thinking about you just got to go for it. Everybody thinks the person knows what they're doing if they act that way 100%. You know, I thought of uh, Andre Agassi, who is like the most beloved tennis player and stuff. And then he quit playing tennis and he's like, oh yeah, my hair is a crazy wig. <laughs> <laughs> and he was on meth the whole time. And and he was so, and he would just glue a wig. He would do a bunch of meth and glue a wig on his head and then go win tennis. And so like I try to say it. So so I'm trying to bring out this message, but in this humorous way too, where I'm like, look, if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, you are definitely not alone because I don't, you know, I try, I'm, I'm guessing. And then you know who else didn't? Andre Agassi. That dude was the king. Everybody loved Andre Agassi. Right. Turned out he was some fraud guy, you know? I think that's the thing is trying to be uplifting and humorous. I just want people to not feel alone. Cause I feel alone a lot because mm-hmm. I'm just super isolated working all the time. Totally. And I just want to kind of reach out and, and it is surreal because I don't feel like it's normal to talk into a camera by yourself and just talk. It's kind of trippy. It's very weird. So, but I kind of just try to get over that and do it. I, I just like it as a practice for humor too. And mm-hmm. just talking. And I also trying to remind the public of you know that like artists are responsible for the aesthetic and the 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 most interesting part of your life was gifted to you by a creative so your the movies your music the, the cover of an album your skateboard your shirts your clothes the buildings the murals the you know everything I try to remind artists that like what you're doing is a super important thing and it should be appreciated as in this amazing ritual of conjuring that you're doing. It's a very special thing you're doing. Don't devalue yourself. You have to put a value on your art and your creativity because the art director at Vans certainly isn't. He's going to, you know, so if you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. The thing is, is that monetizing your art, people have to find their own kind of path. If you don't value what you're doing, nobody else will. I mean, and that's, uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie F for Fake. No. You should watch that. It's an Orson Welles film. Everybody should watch that movie. It's about speculation and perception and stuff. And I mean, there was like, I remember when I was first coming up and paying, selling paintings for like $300 or something. And then John Berger He's like, ah, uh, he's like, I feel like $300 isn't as successful of a, of a price as 600. I feel like when something's 600, people feel like it's important, like almost like they, they want to buy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I just thought that kind of thinking was really interesting because I'm a super blue collar person. But now I'm just like, I don't know, like I have no problem. I'll be like, I work on a painting for a week or something. I'll be like $5,000, you know? I'll be like, I don't know, somebody might buy it. Shit, who knows? (laughs) You know what I mean? I live in the Bay Area, I need this money. Yeah. So, and then that's also like, well, I've been doing it for a long time and you have to consider all this stuff and it's a mystery, but outside of the politics and the the statistics of or the the details about how how much is it worth what are you worth what is this worth you have to have a core of what you feel like you need right like i've definitely seen that that way we're like okay well this is your living right yeah so how much do you need to make a living yeah and don't undervalue that there's a other thing that i feel like can be um people I've heard who are artists or working for themselves, or they say like, I just need X. I just want to be comfortable. And that can be very limiting too, right? Because 
for sure. Why not make more? Why not make a shit ton of money and donate some of it, do some traveling, work with other artists, make opportunities for some of your other creative people that you love. Like money is this fantastic tool. So when people do that, another humbling kind of like, well, I just need to cover the bases, you know, why not? You know, and it doesn't mean you need to buy a, or you're going to go buy a yacht or do something nefarious with your money. You can use your money. Money is power. Money can be used for many wonderful things. So yeah, that's another part of that that I hear. I think that getting to that, knowing what you're worth and feeling like you're calling the shots, like if you compromise or something, it's something that you decided that right. you wanted. Right. You wanted this to happen this way and you're calling the shots. So even if you get a little ex- or a little less money or something or, but it was your decision, you did that. And not from a place of desperation, but from a place of like, okay, this is fair. Or like, I'm good with this for now. But mm-hmm. I think having that agency, like if you don't have any agency in your life, then where does that put you? Because you're in charge of that. That's your job. Right. Like, do you know, it's like, are you, are you a worthwhile human being who deserves to be loved? You and know? only you can truly give yourself that, that worthy. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of therapy you're probably going to do and you're going to need it. And you're going to have to get used to like being, you know, the advocate parent for the little person inside you that was neglected. And you're going to have to like constantly reassure yourself that you're worthwhile and you're doing the right thing and being patient. And when you do that, the benefits are over time and mm -hmm. tell me and interject whatever you tend to bounce back a little bit faster from when you do get depressed or you tend to see things a little more balanced and less harried. Like we have our times, right. Where we're feeling anxious or irritated, but there's few of those, or you bounce back from a faster, you have a little more levity. Yeah. And that's huge. Like people talk about that word balance a lot and how, Oh, that balance is bullshit or whatever. But the way I learned to look at balance from using like the headspace app for doing meditation. Like I use the headspace app because it really helps me because it's guided and it's very mindfulness based, but he's talking about balance as in you're just letting shit flow more easily. You're not getting so rattled. You're just observing a lot more. And, And the way I feel that that ultimately benefits you as a, creative and as a multi-creative is you end up being more confident and moving forward with your projects faster because you're less afraid, less doubtful, less self-hating. So you just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So how does it all benefit us? It benefits us in that we're also observing like in this moment, I'm hanging out with my dog Pokey and my friend Skinner and like, this is awesome. <laughs> I've got yeah. a fan nearby that's yeah. blowing cool air on us and it's yeah. Brian bought it and it's a, uh, it doesn't make noise. Yeah, so we can nice? record like <laughs> this is an embarrassment of riches. So it is. And it's literally the only, life. the only thing that's even real too. Mm-hmm. Like all the other shit, all the past, all the memory, all the like, what's going to happen, what has happened, how, what's going on the future, like whatever it's like, Okay, cool. Like maybe think about the future. That's okay. But to think about the future as if you have like really that much control over it or thinking about the past as if you could ever change it. Right. Is ruining your life. Yeah. It's ruining <laughs> your life. And you you know, it's like you just have to like bring it back. Sometimes I'll be overdosing on some like weed brownie or something. You know, the psychological destruction from that is just stratospheric it's insane (laughs) and so sometimes you know smoke weed gets a little psychological or get a little weird get some anxiety and i just bring it back to this i'll like look at christy i'll look at her face but oh christy oh cool and like if you could just find something good to focus on it could really just increase the quality of your life and as a practice if you're constantly finding things to be happy like to focus on that are good in your life it's just gonna um uh, eliminate the void. It's going to eliminate like the big space where you're tripping out, you know? Right. So, and it's not avoiding 
No. You know, it's not <laughs> avoiding or pretending like yeah. things aren't happening. Like I'm sure you've learned through therapy and through other things you've experienced. And you mentioned earlier observing things like yeah. you can observe yourself spiraling oh, yeah. and say like, oh, isn't that interesting? That's what's going on right yeah. now. Okay. Well, what if <laughs> I look fun. at Christy or <laughs> what if I... Uh-huh. For me, it's usually listening to a podcast or watching something on TV or whatever. It's not avoiding the thing, but it's changing my focus and going, I don't want to focus on this because I have no control over it. Right. If you don't have a way to control something, then just focusing on it doesn't do anything. I know. It's it's like a trap. (laughs) It's insane. That's why I think that that's why I feel ultra, ultra bad. I, I used to have like some pretty intense control control issues you know and that was because i felt like my life was not in control yeah and i grew up feeling like chaos was the only consistent consistency in my life so i was constantly trying to find ways of externally controlling my environment controlling the way that people saw me controlling the way people treated me controlling all this stuff first of all it's an illusion and it's suffering it's a horrible way of suffering and People that are around you hate it and don't like you and will leave you if you're a control freak. It's just like, it's a bizarre uh, way of uh, suffering because it's the most insane thing. I can't control anything, but I'm going to spend my whole life trying to do it and driving everybody away and acting crazy and then having a heart attack or something. You know, it's right. like, it just doesn't work. It's It doesn't give us what we think we're going to get from it either. Oh, no. You know, like you think if you control the it's like swimming up <laughs> niagara falls you know you're like ah, okay i'm gonna swim extra hard and it's gonna stop i'm gonna get to the top it just doesn't well we briefly talked about god earlier and one of the <laughs> good quotes i think i really like is is i think it's um people plan god laughs and i oh, think yeah. that's a really good one because i i and, and i mean there is something too of course like adjusting your sales and and making goal lists and doing all that stuff of course but just knowing that you don't know that it's a going to be a surprise that you don't know where things are exactly going to go yeah is so relaxing and it just makes things more enjoyable and when you do try to hold tight or try to control things i'll never forget when Larry Rodriguez and I were a couple, we lived together in Sacramento and we were both working at Bayside, which was part of Tower. Uh huh. And he and I knew a ton of people and we'd throw parties and they'd end up being really huge. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it was awesome. And sometimes it was like, oh my God, we're going to be cleaning this house for a week yeah. afterwards. And, you know, things are getting chaotic. Mm-hmm. And, and so I remember trying to control the next party and saying okay this party is invite only oh my god and this is before this is so really using computers oh, and yeah. stuff right so yeah, i'm on the street. making printed out you know oh, flyers. designing flyers but just giving them to certain people and oh yeah my favorite sub people and uh-huh. thing you know he had a few people i had a few people that was the biggest most obnoxious oh my party god. all sorts of people we didn't invite showed up people People in our neighborhood just showed up and were like peeing on our wall in the backyard. I remember a couple people that walked in that I had invited seeing somebody that they hated and then just turning around and leaving. And that person that they hated, I had not invited. And I was just like, this is a disaster. But it was just, I was so trying to control that environment. Well, that's the Zen slap. You know, that's the like. Oh, look at what you tried to do. Oh, I thought you were so smart with your little party, huh? Yeah, I know. It's interesting because that's... if And if you don't have a reserved space inside of yourself to see the humor of it, like those weird, crazy, homeless Buddhist guys by the side of the road who just watch people. Like, I feel like they have that little person inside of me where I try to do a bunch of shit and it just goes wrong. And then I go, okay, all right. Okay. All right. Hands up. All right. I give up. I see, I see how it goes. And then I start laughing. Of course. Okay. You know, and then you just, you just accept it and you just go, okay, this was not how I wanted it. Well, and I think to riff on that is that when we are able to 
go, okay, 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 Mm -hmm. is that we also get the joy of enjoying the absurdity, like laughing at yourself in a fun, loving way, not in Uh a hurtful way, but like laughing at, oh my God, I can't believe what I just tried to do. Or, oh my God, I can't. And and it reminds me of our, when we recorded the Spinal Tap Minute podcast, when you were saying like, oh, this is Spinal Tap, you know, like when everything just goes wrong, Uh if you can enjoy it, then that's the other big part of life. Being confident, being able to work towards the things creatively that you want to do, loving the people around you, but just laughing and feeling warmth and happiness. And especially when things are completely haywire and out of control. It's like, oh, this is life. Like, this is the thing. Yeah, this is it. This is the thing. Yeah. This is the spice. The the spinal tap is happening now. I think that's a super good coping mechanism that you have to kind of get that going. It's like, I mean, like your favorite band has a new album coming out and you know, and you're, if you're like waiting for it to sound like that one that you really love, right. you know, and then it's, so you listen to it, you're like, Oh man, what happened to these guys? You know? <laughs> but like, if you don't, if you're just like, I wonder what it's going to be like. And then you just accept it. Oh, okay, cool. It's, this is what they're doing now. Well, right. and I feel like that's respect for other people's creative process too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like let them if you love them let them do yeah. their thing whatever you it love is love them let them free yeah, let them go yeah. so speaking of loving them and letting them go before we wrap up for today mm-hmm. what are things or people or artists or movies or anything that you're loving these days oh well i love RuPaul's drag race <sighs> but i was somewhat disappointed by the last season because it was just like a lot of young queens that I feel like were just famous from the internet or something. Mm, So I was like, I I wanted the like road weary old queens, you know, and, but, but like, but I had to accept that too. I'm like, okay, this is all part of the trip. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I listened to, um, I don't know if you, you might like it. It's called imaginary worlds. Hmm. And it's just this guy who just researches different, creatives who've done weird who've created their own worlds and talks about it and stuff but it's really fascinating there's a lot of sociological stuff about it too and imaginary worlds is good because it's like uplifting you know he's interviewing people from magic the gathering and they're like we're gonna come up with a card that's a, a trans person is the warrior character and then Basically, through that, somebody at the company is like, yeah, I'm trans, by the way, everybody. And then, like, the guy's daughter comes out as trans, too. So, it's like this weird, like, turn of events where it really is, like, a super positive, cool thing for everybody. And yeah, I don't know. So, it's like that. And then it's like, you know, maybe one episode is about, like, the politics and the story around how the Haunted Mansion got made mm. and, like, the people behind it and how there was, like, a falling out between artists and other people did it and it was a long oh my thing. God, this but is it, all, like, right up my alley. Oh, totally. you like it? Yeah, yeah. That oh, sounds fantastic. Yeah, it is. Imaginary Worlds. It's so good. I love it. It's really uplifting. Just hanging out with Christy and, like, as a practice, not working, trying mm-hmm. to do that. And when you say not working, what does that look like as far as, like, is your phone in the other room or yeah. are you out at the beach or what is not working for you? Well, I have like an iPad pro that I'll just constantly be doing my animation projects on or something, you know, and sending it away or whatever. Like I'm always like, Oh, this is a, the moment I could be busy. So yeah. Phones in the other room working on the iPad, but n- not doing that, hanging out with her. I'm loving people that are exhibiting like, uh, wisdom around taking care of each other. You know what I mean? If that's like books I'm reading or my next door neighbor or something, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm loving a lot of artists. So many artists on Instagram. I love just weird comedians. There's a, there's a girl on Instagram that I love so much who mm-hmm. goes by at Servideo, Servideo, S-E-R-V-I-D-E-O. Okay. And she's hilarious and she's an unknown, but she's wacky. But just like people that are making life better for others on the internet, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's a gift. Yeah. Because there's so much time wasted. I know. When people, I mean, it's a whole nother conversation, but people that I love, I understand that they want to 
share information. Yeah. But when most of their posts are just, here's another horrible thing. Here's another horrible thing. I know. It's it's brutal. I, why? (laughs) Why am I Why are you telling me that? I already know. I already (laughs) know it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Be sweet. Yeah. I have to go pee super bad. You want to, I'm sorry. Pee sweet. Pee sweet. Pokey might follow you. (laughs) She's like, what is this crazy motherfucker doing? Sorry, Pokey. Sorry about that. You're doing a good job of guarding everyone. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. I'll, uh, okay, I'm back. Yeah. So, so, yeah, cool. Is there anything in particular that you want to point people towards? Uh, My Necronomicon pop-up book on necronomiconpopup.com. I just have like shirts and phone cases and pillows and leggings and stuff on my website, Mm -hmm. shopcriticalhit.com. And I have like a bunch of videos and animations coming out, some commercials for Fender guitars and I'm working on a virtual reality project and a short animation project, writing little scripts for horror movies and paintings. And some are like long term Mm -hmm. and some are short term, you Mm -hmm. know, so we'll see. But Pokey's all relaxed now. Hell yes. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks for your time. This has been Vibrant Visionaries. You can find the podcast at vibrantvisionaries.com. Our social links are there too. So you can come hang out on Instagram with me and Skinner. (laughs) And I also have a Patreon. So if you want to come hang out with other multi-creatives and me in a community of creative people being positive and compassionate and all that kind of jazz, I will have a link to the Patreon as well. If you're hanging out with me and I'm, you know, sharing behind the scenes stuff about the podcast, but I'm also there kind of sharing what my other projects are. And I want you to share what you're up to, what your projects are, and and I'm there to lend support as well. And that's it. Bye. Bye.